All right, welcome to the show, Growth Mindset University. Today I have a very special guest, and his name is Steve Jordan. Steve is a celebrity personal trainer in Los Angeles, where he has been running his studio for 10 years. His clients have included Jordan Belfort, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, Ariana Huffington, Brad Paisley, Amy Poehler, Cy Young Award winner Barry Zito, Quincy Jones, and many, many more. And so we talk about what it's like to work with those sorts of people. Uh, we talk about his experiences at working at the White House. When he was my age in college at the University of Maryland, he worked as a trainer in the White House. Uh, we talk about the hardships he has faced over his career and his life because it seems as if he was, he's been down many times, but not necessarily out. He underwent emergency brain surgery to essentially save his life when he was my age. Uh, he went from six figures in the bank to six figures in debt, back to six figures in the bank. Then we talk about him getting married at the age of 41. We also dive into the healthy and fit lifestyle and creating change from the inside out. Uh, and then we go into his new book coming out on September 23rd called I Am Healthy and Fit. It's a book all about identity. And it really starts with why. At the little sneak peek that I got, he starts with why in that we must establish that we know why we do what we do. That is the foundation of creating change. And then at the very end, we talk about what life beautifully designed looks like to him. And his answer was very genuine and peaceful, and I really enjoyed it. I found peace in it. So enjoy the show. Sit back wherever you are. If you're cleaning, cooking, driving, working out, enjoy and take this all in, and I will catch you on the flip side. This was a really fun interview, and I know you'll love it. Peace. All right. Great to have you here, Steve. It's great to be here, yeah, Jordan. It's, uh, it's my last day here in L.A. We crushed it at the studio today. Um, we were productive. Got a, got a podcast done for you, right? Absolutely. And then, um, saw a lot of clients today, early early morning, 6.30 a.m. Yeah, it All was right. a busy day. It was uh -huh. a tough one for me, second day back from my trip in Rome and still feeling a little jet lagged. Right. But uh, we got it done, as we always do. As always, as always. So you got sort of a... Uh, you have a really cool story. We'll get into it. Uh, I know you were talking about that today. I heard you talking about it on your podcast, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about it some more because I think there's a ton of value that my listeners can uh, you know get from it because there's a recurring theme, and you said it in the car last night. And, you know, it's almost like cliche in a way, but but it's not. Like it's just you know the recurring theme is never give up. Um, you've been down and out like so many times. Very true. Uh, even even today, when you recorded, you recorded twenty minutes of a podcast, and it got freaking deleted. The whole thing. I was so pissed. <laughs> I was pissed for you. I, I was I was feeling down and out. Yeah. Um, but I got back up, and I believe I produced a much better yeah. quality one. And you did a thirty minute one. I I said, look, this is a chance for you to do it better. And you went out and you crushed it. You went and did it better. Um, you know, it always, it always got to trust the process, right? It always turns out all right in the end. Absolutely. There's, you know, there's nothing that comes easy. And if it does, then it's probably too good to be true. 
Right. Um, there is, uh, you know, there are those outliers and those special occasions where someone might have a, a grandiose amount of luck and gets really, you know, a, a shot at something. But you know what? I think uh, I've worked with a lot of very successful people, billionaires, millionaires, yeah. uh, leaders of people and companies and organizations and I don't know any one of them would ever sit and say life is easy or work right. is easy and you know life is void of hard times or yeah. challenging times and there's a saying that I have with my clients it's not how hard you fall it's how quickly you pick yourself back up because no one is perfect and when someone is dieting or exercising like they're going to they're going to do their best and then they're going to fail like they're going to yeah. eat something yeah. that's not in the nutrition plan that I make for them and it's just not having four or five of those times. Right. It's do it once. If it's a mistake, you recognize it and you pick yourself back up and mm -hmm. get back on the plan. You mentioned, uh, you know, your, you know, your very successful clients, which I do want to talk about um, in a second. But would you say, would you agree that adversity is kind of the prerequisite to success, any sort of success? Uh, prerequisite. I don't know about prerequisite, but I think it's part of the process. I don't know mm. if somebody has, you know, many people are motivated by different things. Um, some people are motivated by adversity. You know, when uh, people have a, a big failure or a breakdown or a loss, then they are more motivated to break through from that. Um, but there are others that don't necessarily need it. I think there are different reasons for motivation. So I wouldn't say that it's necessarily a prerequisite. Um, but I do think that it can be an advantage, I think, during the process of gaining success and on the road to success, those adversities will come into play and it's, you know, how you learn to manage those. Mm. Um, one of my most successful clients, uh, a billionaire client, he once told me it's, it is really about how you manage the adversities and the challenges in your life that really make you successful. Right. Um, I think people often miss, they don't, they mismanage or they don't react in ways that they should to mm -hmm. adversity. Um, mm -hmm. That could be even with your own personal decisions. You know, people can get really hard on themselves. And I think that's what people spiral out of um, and into an even darker place when, say, somebody's on a diet and they, falter and they eat something bad off the off the plan you know they beat themselves up and and talk negative about themselves like mm. i'm terrible and i'm a loser or you know i'm fat i'm ugly i'm this i'm that and then what that does is it just puts them into a deeper darker spot and puts them into a, a position to be more vulnerable and cheat more and do worse things so right. you know if you go from a position from you know, a failure or a breakdown. And, you know, you just say, you know, listen, I, I made a mistake. I'm human and I learned from it. I realized what I did or what I didn't do. And now I'm going to do better. And you take the actions to do, to do what you need to. Mm -hmm. So do I have, uh, do I have permission to do maybe like, I mean, cause the, the, I always, I'm always kind of like in awe at the list of, uh, clients you know the the people that you've trained do i have permission to name drop maybe like a couple or no sure. should i not go okay yeah go ahead so go for it you know what is it like working with people like jordan 
Belfort, Ariana Huffington, uh, Brad Paisley, uh, Spider-Man, yeah. Tobey Maguire. Uh, and that's just that's just the beginning of the list. But, I mean, wh- who was... Okay, who was the first one? Who was, like, the first big one? Mm. And were you, like, super nervous going over to, to the house? Because I assume it was an in-home client. Uh, that's a really good question. You know, um, all those four people that you named were awesome, all great within mm. their own respect and really fun to work with in different challenging, fun ways. Uh, the first person that I worked with that had a lot of fame and celebrity status was actually not an in-home client, and it was oh. not here in Los Angeles. Oh. It was back in New York City when I first started uh, working in New York City as a, a personal trainer, health and fitness coach, and that client was Ann Curry, the oh, okay. TV anchor TV. for the for the Today Show. Right. Uh, very well known, um, super sweet, very humble. Uh, I got an opportunity to work with her, and then I had several opportunities to be on the show, and I oh. uh, had mm-hmm. you know national exposure and right. uh, some really cool things that had come from that. And yeah, I was really nervous working with her at first, but <laughs> she was just a very humble person and kind and thoughtful and generous and sweet that I very quickly got over it, you know, and I, I think, I think that it was probably one of my strong suits. I've never really been, I want to say I've never been starstruck, but I've never been intimidated by stardom or people Mm. of fame or status because actually one of my first career jobs, and I'm not sure if you know this, but was at the White House. So I I was a trainer at the White House. So, you know, although Ann Curry was a very famous person that I worked with that had a lot of celebrity notoriety, I did work at the White House where I had to have clearance. And um, it was a very big honorable position where I worked not necessarily with the president, Mm -hmm. but I worked with congressmen and senators and staff of the president, very Mm -hmm. respectful people and, you know, political in the political world. Was it Clinton at the time? It uh, was. Yeah. yeah, it was 1997 to 1998. Oh, the year I was born. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for making me feel old, buddy. <laughs> I know that uh, I, I am <laughs> he, older he than you. And I sometimes, you old, yeah. I sometimes feel like I could be your dad, yeah. and I could be, um, the right age, but, um, <laughs> yeah. So, so, good. So, um, so I wanted to talk about, yeah, the down and out. Mm. I guess the first time... I didn't even write this on here, but maybe the first time you were like, I wouldn't say this is down and out, but you were kind of behind almost a little bit. You were saying how, you know, the people you hung out, you always hung out with people that were older than you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of, I can kind of relate there. Um, I, I hang out with people that are older than me for the for the most part. And I always feel like I'm behind the, the learning curve, so to say. And I guess you felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Um but then the next thing was, was it, it was falling, was it falling off the roof? Was that the first? Oh yeah, yeah, that was the first one. That was the first one. The next one was the studio. But the first time, yeah, tell me about, tell me about the falling off the, falling off the roof of your traumatic brain injury. Yeah. So, I mean, the adversity, um, I mean, you, you can't even put it into words. Um, you know, something as traumatic as that is is life-changing, altering uh, for good or bad. Um, Looking back on that incident that happened 23 years ago, uh, before you were even born, 
was one of the best things that ever happened to me, mm-hmm. which is crazy to right. think. Um, you know, if you'd ever, if you ever did something, the only way I could describe it is if you had ever done something, you know, and it was challenging at the time, and then you look back and you you think about the lessons you learned from it or the growth that you had from it, um, and the experiences that you you were able to have some sort of revelation from and this is what happened to me in that moment i mean i won't go into too much detail about mm-hmm. it because if you want to you can listen to my podcast the one i just put out um called the miracle of health and fitness part one and then part two will be out soon but it's um you know the fall taught me a lesson about you know adversity is much bigger than just it's more big it's bigger than emotional right so i went through very physical trauma mm-hmm. obviously it crushed my head and had traumatic brain injury and had brain surgery so i had a lot of physical trauma that i had to overcome um and the pain and suffering literally from that i remember lying in bed where the whole left side of my head was cut open mm-hmm. i had over a staple uh state over 100 staples and stitches in my head and a big horseshoe scar i remember months after like maybe two months maybe after the accident where i'd was comfortable sleeping enough where in the middle of the night I'd roll from my right side, which was the more comfortable side, the side that didn't have the trauma on, and rolled over in the middle of the night onto my left side and wake up in agony, agony uh-huh. because of the pain from the from the where they cut through my skull, right. you know, because the muscles and tissues were all healing. So I mean that that was terrible. It yeah. hurt a lot. So. Um, but with that, you know, those kinds of experiences, you learn about like pain and suffering is temporary, you know, mm-hmm. and no matter what anybody's going through, like that physical trauma I was going through, the emotional trauma, the just, the, again, I don't know how to put it into words, but it was just the darkest moments of my life. But I learned to use some of the skills I had as a child growing up being not always the smartest, the brightest, or the strongest, or the most athletic, and the youngest, and being picked on and bullied, and mm-hmm. maybe even being the better looking one of many of my friends, and being picked on for being better looking. <laughs> you know, like there was just nothing I had or right. could do that was like okay. You know, people always, friends or peers or even just people in my in my school would find f- something to pick on me for mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So. I even got picked on for having abs huh. and having a good body. Huh. Like, I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, I got picked on for eating healthy all the time. Yeah, I mean, so people were just, right, there was yeah. nothing I could do, right? I think that's the human nature of things. And I think it's just, again, how you react to it, right? I just brushed it off and used it as strength. And in this, I used it as strength as well, where I had such a burning desire to want to overcome all of what I was going through and come out on the other end, not just the person I was, but a better person of who mm. I was, a better version of myself. Right. So I actually celebrate September 23rd as a birthday, and it's my second birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. February 3rd is my first birthday, 1975, and my second birthday is September 23rd, 1994. And it was a rebirth. It was a new, I learned a whole lot from that experience of three plus years of recovery and several other surgeries to right. repair myself to full recovery to who I am today and what I am both personally and professionally and how I present myself in the world and, um, you know, the ultimate goal of leaving a legacy from that Mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. So then 
the second time you were down and out, I actually just learned this last night, the whole story with your studio. So you, you'd gotten to LA in like 2002, mm-hmm. um, and then you opened up a studio in 2008. That's right. And we all, we all know what happened in 2008. You opened the studio. It was actually 2007, 2007 when I signed the lease at the end of 2007 in like November and I started build out in January of 08 and opened in April 2008 right or, yeah 2008 and do you remember do you remember what month exactly the crash was the crash I don't know exactly I mean I don't know if it was exactly I don't I, I'm not a not too like you know wiser right. or keen on some of those dates but i do know it just happened over time i don't know if it was like a sudden day or mm. week like the the crash of mm. you know 1922 or anything like that but i do know that it was there was and a lot of my clients were uh not necessarily affected by it initially like many big like maybe many other people were many other people who were had um not as financially savvy or financially responsible many of my clients were financially responsible because they're very rich mm-hmm. and when people are very rich in those like in in the in the capacity in which mine were they managed their money well and they had people managing their money and they probably saw and anticipated right. a lot of this going on um however over time it was the it was the the world view of scarcity and the world view of fear and the worldview of unknowing what more could happen that started to create this implosion, if you yeah. will, mm-hmm. of my business where I went from abundance and having complete like crazy rock star, yeah. like, you know, Hollywood trainer, trainer to the stars, mm-hmm. flying on private jets, flying in helicopters from the south of France to Paris and living in you know crazy bungle like crazy mansions and uh crazy villas in the south of france and you know i would take advantage of going out with some of my clients and i had crazy fun nights with like just the coolest experiences meeting bono like at a bar and club and talking to him just like crazy stuff that i just I look back on and I, I'm in awe even of it today. Uh, so then you went to so you went from that and then all of a sudden the economy crashes Boom. and you're like putting yourself to sleep in the afternoon. Yeah. Because you didn't have clients and it was so miserable. And then you're walking home one day and your car's getting repossessed. My beautiful and, car, my dream car uh, it was a a two thousand eight um M three performance model so it, was like brand new. it was pretty brand it was like about a year old it mm-hmm. was dope it was the one of the coolest cars still probably this day i mean i had it all tricked out i had put like new exhaust mm-hmm. on it ac snitcher exhaust i had put probably eight thousand dollars into it on top of the you know what it was and it just was dope and i was walking home one afternoon to put myself to sleep i had just a couple clients that just stayed with me. Many of them fell off because I opened my studio and they didn't want to travel to my studio anymore because I was doing in-homes for them and they just couldn't spend the time and the commute that I was able to spend to go see them and or some of them maybe just didn't want to spend the money anymore and it just became a 
just terrible. And I was walking home and I saw this car being put on the on the flatbed and I was managing my debts because hmm. I had very little money coming in. I had no more money in the bank and I had over, you know, six figures in debt from loans and bills and things that were piling yeah, up. Yeah, it went from money in the bank to six figures in debt. I had six figures in the bank to six figures in yeah. debt. And it was, I had no debt. I was cash positive before I opened my studio. And mm-hmm. people don't realize, they think this dream of like owning a business is really like, you know, it's it's cool, but there's overhead and there's responsibilities and there's things you've got to manage and you got to take care of all this stuff that are, that is behind the scenes that you don't see, right? And so I saw my car being put on and that was like one of the lowest points in that time and from that moment, like I had to borrow money from my friend to get it out. I had to borrow like four thousand dollars to get it out of the mm-hmm. impound, and um, you know I promised them that I'd pay them back, and I did within you know maybe a year. And uh-huh. I uh, had to borrow money from a client in New York that loaned me ten thousand uh, dollars, just as a little bit of seed money to help me with no interest. And then I borrowed another twenty thousand oh, dollars from man. another client here who was a very successful producer who really he valued me and he trusted me um and he loaned me twenty thousand dollars but with a five percent interest on it um with no expiration date on it just whenever i could i paid them both back and was very grateful and wrote them letters and thanks and gratitude um but you know it was a very challenging time. And so that little seed money helped me to kind of just give me a little bit of a float mm-hmm. to be able to help create some some space and room for me to get creative. And the creativity was humbling because it went from a time when I was very successful billing a lot for one individual session right. to literally almost giving sessions away for free uh-huh. just to get people into my studio and into my into my zone so I could start feeling like I was doing something because I got into this business not to make money necessarily. Yeah, money was important. You know, it was to have that success, but it was about creating differences in people's lives. The way that health and fitness created a difference in my life during the adversities, more importantly, the adversity of having my head trauma, um, how it helped me to overcome that, how it helped me to um, grow up and, and become the person I am today, mm-hmm. I knew that that could be the tool for many people as well. Um, many people come to me to look for maybe weight loss or you know better health or better fitness and strength and flexibility and all these other variables. But really, it can also be a tool for you to help build a better quality of life when and Absolutely. if life throws a curveball at you or... Um, you know, if God forbid something traumatic happens in the way that it did for me, it gives you the tools within to be able to overcome, um, or at least have the potential to overcome. So, uh, I got back to those principles, those core principles of passion, love, and abundance. Mm -hmm. And when I got back to those core principles, rather than looking for money, things started to turn out for the best. And it didn't happen in a week and it didn't happen in a month. It took years, took probably almost three and a half years of a lot of dedication to that process of, again, going back to those core values of passion, love, and abundance and creating opportunity and, and, and sacrificing money for a couple of years to help grow the momentum, to help grow the business. And, you know, 
thank God it's been now about five, about six years of profits to be able to create, you know, the lifestyle that now that I'm living back mm-hmm. on top, debt free, yep. uh, abundance, you know, and feeling amazing and creating really awesome opportunities for clients in ways that uh, they have never experienced before. You know, that's what is probably one of the most common one of the common feedbacks I get is that, wow, I've never done this before, or this is so unique, or this is really cool, or this is interesting, or wow, you've got this kind of tool, or that, or that. And that's what I want to do for people. I want to create a unique, extraordinary experience so that they have a hard time leaving, or they have, if they do leave, which I am okay if people leave. Um, I know it's nothing personal. Sometimes it's just good for both, Mm -hmm. um, that they'll never forget. And that they'll always remember me and that they'll always remember some of the lessons that I taught them because they are lessons that I often teach that can be used for life. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a a cool story, man. I mean, you go, you know, emergency brain surgery, uh, you know, six figures in in debt is like this up and down kind of rocky road. Um, And, you know, now you're you're on the up. Now you're on the up. and it's uh, you've been on the up for a while. You're you're trending up. It looks like yeah, and you know, and what's interesting is the trend now is more stable and steady uh-huh. rather than before. It was quick, mm. and I was kind of immature at that time when it came out quick. You know, I was spending in ways that I probably shouldn't have. I wasn't investing in ways that I probably should have. Um, you know, I got myself ahead of myself where I just thought it was never going to end. I think many people at that time thought it was never going to end either. Did you get full of yourself? Yeah. Dude. Very full of myself. Yeah. Nice. Very full of myself okay. because it was like the first time I was making money in that capacity and you know, it felt really good. Money mm-hmm. definitely has a way to create Seduce a really positive, you. yeah, positive feelings, you know, that and um but now because I went through that, I will never go back there again. Right. I live beneath my beneath my means i don't even have a car now yeah which uh, i just <laughs> you went, go from you went from porsche i went yeah i went to, from porsche to no, to no car. car that i've i've been impressed by that i yeah. don't have the ability to do that yet yeah i, I don't have that maturity yeah that was, don't. <laughs> yeah that's it does come with maturity uh it was definitely hard going from another dream car of having a porsche to you know it was awesome and i you know i love them for their their performance and their brand and what you know what they represent as far as a status but i also drive them for their performance i take them to the track and have fun with them and really drive them the way they're intended mm. to be driven to see what that you know what that feels like which is an awesome fun oh, experience yeah. you should do one time maybe i'll take you next time when you come mm-hmm. out we'll go to the track but um yeah, it's been actually probably one of the one of the best decisions I've made in the past mm. year. Uh, it's been a little over a year now that I haven't had a car, and I will tell you the headaches that I save the the little stressors of like where I park or mm-hmm. they get a ding on the car or if, uh, you know coming off of a curb. When I first got my Porsche, that thing was so low. When I first got it, within the first, uh-huh. I drove it into my driveway, drove it out, and I scratched up the whole bottom of the because uh-huh. it was so low. I bottomed out. You know, those kinds of things like it just like it's better not to have that. I spent so much money on cars in the past mm. 10 years that 
I, you know, I'm grateful now I don't have a car payment. My wife and I have one car between the two of us and it's a great little car, a mini Cooper yeah. and it's fun. We zip mm-hmm. around, but you know, like you saw the ding on it, you know, and I backed up into a, a pole with it because I didn't see it because I don't have a camera on it and I don't have, you know, any the fancy gadgets. It's totally base yeah. model. Um, but I bought it outright mm-hmm. and I own it and I don't really I mean, yeah, I'll get it fixed, but it ain't, I'm not totally worried about it it's just a little ding it doesn't right. you know so but if i had it in my porsche i'd be like wanting to get it fixed right away and instead of it costing a thousand bucks it cost four thousand bucks mm-hmm. you know so it feels good not to have that kind of responsibility right you mentioned um about uh your wife yuki and one of the one of the other unique things about you is that you got married at what like 41 yes right yes so there is a point in my life it's been kind of like back and forth where you know i in i always wanted a girlfriend in high school and then towards the end of high school and you know i met you i was like oh i'm not getting married till i'm 40 like steve <laughs> and then you know and caught co- like when i got to college i was you know swooning over all these girls and and i, and I was like i oh, you know like i kind of needed i like quote unquote needed one i felt like i needed one and um and now it's like, dude, I don't care. You know, like whatever happens, happens. Like what are, what are the advantages, I mean, to getting married at, at 41? I mean, because I see people getting married at, at 19. Mm. Um, and I'm wow. just, oh, I, no, I, I, know, I know two of them actually. One of them, one of them I, was, I was with this girl and then two months later after we had finished, she got, she got married. Wow. She got engaged and then married with, within two months. Wow. But um, I just think... Getting married that young, the I mean, uh, the the statistics they prove it. You know, yeah. the, the divorce rates are exponentially higher. Uh, I mean, they're already pretty high, but I feel like at forty-one, it's kind of a different story. It's and like a different approach. You know what? What were what are the advantages to getting married at forty-one? Well, and I'm asking. This is like a selfish <laughs> question. Like I, like I, I need to know this the, the details here. Yeah. Well, I would say because I got married at forty-one. You know, the fun that I had in my 20s and 30s was Mm -hmm. beyond fun. Like it was, that's the time when you should be having fun. I mean, the the stories that I I wish I could tell. Uh, (laughs) I've heard some of them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have been, were were crazy. You know, many of my friends, your uncle uh, Uh was someone that got married young. And uh, many of my other friends got married young. I mean, they all lived vicariously through me and um, I had a lot, a lot of really good relationships as well during that time too. I had a lot of fun being single and dating, and you know, or short-term relationships. But I also had some really positive uh, year-plus relationships with some really awesome girls, and um, those relationships were probably more valuable than even some of the, you know, the, the short-term ones. But it was more about fun, you know, being free, being uninhibited, mm-hmm. uh, being able to. One of the other advantages that comes to mind is being opportunistic, right? So being able to do what you needed to do where you needed to do it. Like I was dating a girl uh, in New York City, um, awesome girl. We lived together over a year oh, of really? dating, and we had a great relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was no nothing kind of wrong with the relationship to be honest like i i just found in my heart 
and in my soul that I needed to move to California to follow my dreams, to be a trainer to the stars, to be in the location of where the, the stars resided or where people with influence and money um, or the, the education of fitness and wellness was. It's like where the epicenter was. And I wanted to be in that epicenter. Right, I wanted to be the, yeah. the 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 game changer. And you were, you were on the cover of National Academy yeah. of Sports Medicine textbook. I you was, and I was an educator. <laughs> I was, and I have. Medicine. And you're right, man. I, I I've achieved a lot, and I'm I'm so grateful for that. And that's the that hard work that put into it. But you know, with this gal, like I wanted to move, and I remember having the conversation with her. I said, I, I need to move to California, and I know that you don't want to and won't, but I have to go. Mm-hmm. And if I were married. I probably would have held back and stayed oh. back for the relationship rather than going and moving to California. And the whole course and the whole of thing, life the whole course of my life would have been different. Like, Maybe not worse, uh, but yeah. who knows? You know, I mean, I was doing very well in New York. I had a great career there, right. um, but I just knew that California was better suitable for me for the for the next level of of growth that I wanted in my professional life and in personal life. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to, without ties, move. And, um, you know, unfortunately that relationship unraveled. But, you know, if I were married, that wouldn't have happened. Right. And so I was able to be more flexible with decisions that I needed to make for business and within my own personal life for my own personal growth. And at 41, you know, getting married was not easy. It wasn't because you have so much time doing it a certain way you know and having you know success in dating and being in that world um that settling down is not easy and it still isn't you know even being married after two years you know um and with her for four it's been a challenge of not wanting to revert back to you know that old lifestyle Mm -hmm. um and so but i think that the grass is always greener on the other side and we have a great relationship and very stable and solid and i you know i'm better better with her than without so i gotcha yeah okay cool um so maybe transition a little bit here you have a you have a book coming out in September on September 23rd, which is the anniversary of your uh, your accident, your your traumatic brain injury. Yes, and um, it's really you know the whole. It's kind of like it's about identity almost. I mean, in health and fitness, it's like the whole thing is I am. It's called I am healthy and fit, um, with really the emphasis being on I am. Like you kind of uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you kind of just declare it to be true and it kind of become it, it's it, explain to me a little more about your yeah, your, your book and the philosophy of I am I want to know about the philosophy of I am yeah you're exactly right it is a it is an identity um, of being healthy and fit because it's a lifestyle right it's just not a, it's just not something you do once in a while right. like to be healthy and fit it's a lifestyle it's not mm-hmm. exercise not diet it's a lifestyle and so that I am when you declare anything I am you could be it could be a negative like I am ugly yeah I am a loser I am poor you become that yeah. and or you act like that so uh you know in my process of you know the past 20 plus years of my career I found certain tools and certain ways of being able to create and influence people and found by through one of my mentors, uh, Tony Robbins, that language 
is one of the most important tools totally. to create change from the inside out. And when I learned that, I didn't really know that, but I was already using that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, as an opportunity to create change for my clients and or for myself. And so once I learned that as more of a science and as a real as a real theory, a science, um, yeah. I took on like that I am for myself and started to use powerful phrases for myself like mm -hmm. I am healthy and fit or I am rich or I am abundant. I will recover. I am, will recover. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I am, I am, I am full, whole and complete yeah. is another one that I've used. Yeah. And so I haven't heard that one. Yeah. yeah I am one. full, yeah. whole and complete. Uh -huh. Right. Uh -huh. the, so everything that I have is within me now. Full, full. I am whole, yeah. full and complete. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, people always say like, uh, you know, my other half. Mm. Ah, it's my biggest pet peeve. Mm. Like you know, you know. Yeah, what I know what about. you're talking about. Um, like my my reaction to that is like, screw that. You know, you don't go into a relationship as half. I mean, you you can, but it's not. I don't think it's going to be a healthy relationship, um, especially if it ends too. Uh, you should go into a relationship whole or not at all. Yeah, true. Um, I, I I just felt the need to. To, to interject on that part. No, I think it's a that's a great uh, conversation there. A whole other podcast. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. So um, the I am, I am healthy and fit is an incantation or a mantra, if you will, mantra. that starts to direct your life towards being healthy and fit. As soon as you read that title... You're one step closer mm -hmm. to being healthy and fit. Mm -hmm. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Right. So, you know, like that's what's really cool is that as soon as you read that title, boom, you're in the game. And the book is about the, the process of that game. Uh, and there are different skill sets in there, and there's mm -hmm. different lessons, and there's practices and assessments and uh, ways in which you're going to be able to use a formula that I've worked with with my clients for over 20 plus years to be able to create a healthy and fit life mm -hmm. not just in the moment but for life right and it's a it's a it's forever if you do this sure. it will be forever yeah cuz you start off with the foundation I, you know of, of course I've taken a peek in into the book a little bit but you start with why yeah uh, I, I think it's like one of the first chapters like it's it's know your why. That's right. Um, and and I think that's so important. Like if you don't know why you do what you do, uh, you're you're not going to care. And why should anyone else care? And just why why should you give a crap about anything in your life? There's just there's no there's no substance there. It's just everything's empty. Like if you don't know your why, you're not going to do anything. Yeah. And and that's what I think one of the biggest limiting factors for success in any realm but especially in health and fitness you know people think their why is well i want to look good uh, well why do oh, you yeah. want to look good well i just recently got single and i want to attract somebody else okay well there is a deeper reason why now you because you want to feel loved because you want companionship yeah. because you want partnership right mm -hmm. and so when you start to peel away the layers of the onion and get deeper into your why and get to the core, right, no pun intended, of yeah. your why, then your reasons for doing it will become more appealing. And when you are 
your alarm goes off at six in the morning to go to the gym, all you have to do is remind yourself of your why yeah. and you're going to get yourself out of bed. Mm-hmm. And it will be more likely. You'll fail and you'll t- sure. hit the snooze button and turn off and not show up to the gym. But yeah. you just keep going back to your why. And like you said, the foundation, you'll always remain healthy and fit. And as long as you use that incantation as a positive uh, tool where you can do it, say it, be it anywhere, you'll always have that as an opportunity to keep growing. Yeah. So clarity of vision in quality of life out. That's the equation there. Yeah. Um, Right on brother. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, what is, this this is more of a, this is kind of a quicker question. What is the best investment you've ever made? I mean, it doesn't have to be monetary. It can be monetary, but, Mm -hmm. but anything, maybe, maybe a, maybe a purchase, maybe a, a a decision, uh, something. I know, Ooh, I, I had one. That's now. That's a, I, I had one, and I'm going to say it because it uh, was and still is probably one of the best investments ever made. Um, it's called the DMS, the Deep Muscle. Oh yeah, the Deep Muscle <laughs> Stimulator. Um, it's a handheld vibration tool that helps to stimulate muscle tissue in a vibrating uh, capacity to help break scar tissue up, uh, adhesions, increase circulation, reduce pain, increase healing time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it just feels good. It's like getting a massage and like a, an hour massage and five minutes or less yeah. in certain areas. So, um, that tool is $3,000 and it's a very expensive tool. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. people that would love to have it, but don't want to spend that kind of money. I learned that, using it with uh, my mentor and colleague, Dr. Michael Clark, who was the president of NASM when I was working with them. And I got to see it used with clients like Shaquille O'Neal and Wayne Gretzky and uh, other very well-known you know, athletes. And I saw that power of its influence mm-hmm. there using it with them. And when I left them and went off on my own, I purchased one about 13 years ago. And it was a big investment at the time, but it has paid sure. itself off exponentially because of the the healing and the ability to create something for clients when nobody else could and would it's like was huge. It was my specialty. Yeah. It was like my calling card. When I had my in-home clients, they'd be like, I heard you had this vibrating <laughs> machine. Could you bring uh, it over? And it was always, especially when a woman would call, oh be like, gosh. I heard you have this vibrating machine. <laughs> Could you please bring it over? I'd be like, <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> um, but um, it was, uh, and now they are making tools like it for much cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's not as novel as it once was because, you know, that's just how it rolls, you know. But this one is like stainless steel, weighs like five pounds, but. When you use this one, even compared to the other ones, this one still is bar far oh, yeah. above the best. Um, so that was probably one of the best purchases I've made professionally. Personally, I'll go personally with mm-hmm. this as well. Apple, Apple, Apple oh, stock. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Apple yeah. stock. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I bought Apple stock. Uh, I want to say thirteen years ago, fourteen years, yeah, thirteen okay. years I wish ago. I, I wish I did it then. And. Um, <laughs> You know, I didn't have a whole lot. I, I remember I bought four shares at the time. I bought it at like 150, and that was, that was 12 years, 13 like years ago. That was before yeah, it split. A couple of times. And I just so. put little by little into it and just believed in its process. And 
You know, now it's the number one company in the world. It's yeah. a company I actually work with now uh, that has mm. sought me out as a health and fitness professional. Um, one of my other mentors, uh, Jay Blonick, who works in the uh, the Apple Watch capacity there. Um, he's the uh, the brains and brawn behind many of the innovations with the Apple Watch. Uh, one of the, he's an extraordinary fitness professional who's catapulted a spinning career. Um, he was a spin instructor in. He created a. He was an entrepreneur, a businessman, into now becoming one of one of the more most powerful people over at Apple. Oh yeah. Um, because he is in charge of that Apple Watch, which mm-hmm. is one of their products that okay. they covet over there. And so he I got a fitness guy. Right yeah. Now. So yeah, he brought sense. he brought me in um, to this Apple world, and I'm working with some of the execs now and people over there and got free Apple Watch and I get invited to these really cool events for Apple with these uh-huh. cool mansions and meet other fitness professionals from around the world that are just crushing it and, and creating major influences. So that's uh, the other investment that I made in Apple that you know has paid off exponentially, not just monetarily in the stock, but just in the belief in its value, its core values as a company within their employees. Um, you know, there's fingers crossed. There's some going to be some great potential with working with them in the future, um, and yeah, just like you know, they are, you know, they're a brand that just has that 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 oomph, you know, that, oomph that just I call it a. It's just oh, they're it's, zipped up, sealed tight. They ah, just yeah, sexy, like that, you know. They just have a just something about it. Zipped so, um, you know, and I like that. Mm-hmm. It's sexy. It's cool. It's innovative. It's uh, cutting edge, and that's what I do with my business and with who I am as a person, in which you know I try and present. So, yeah, Apple is the other one. Yeah, I, and I can definitely see that in you. Uh, you know, for people that haven't you know had you as a trainer before, um, and I feel I, I don't even like to say the word trainer because you're just not a, a typical trainer in the way that Apple's just not typical at all. Um, you're just you're just in a different category. Thank you, um, brother. Like, like it's, it's totally different. Um, I mean, for anyone, for anyone who's passing by uh, Los Angeles, like you've got to stop by uh, Steve's studio in, in Westwood. Uh, I mean, it's just... Don't just stop by. Make sure you email. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, make sure you email. Make sure, sure you email me. Uh, Steve. <laughs> Info at stevejordan.com yeah. yeah. before uh. you just stop by. <laughs> but please do. I would be honored to have you and show you what I'm up to. Yeah. And It's an experience. Uh, yeah. It's an experience. It's different. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm very fortunate to have, to have learned, uh, you know, from you at a very young age. I bring that same experience to my clients as well. A similar, a similar experience. Yeah, uh, no I doubt that I feel I can offer you know supreme value as, you know compared to other other trainers. Right, it's, it's awesome. You know, we're in a different we're in a different class. Absolutely, and I've, I'm so grateful that you had and honored that you had reached out to me. You know that mm-hmm. two three years ago when you were in a a space of unknowingness of uncertainty of insecurity of who you were even as a person and where you wanted to go you know in your career and life and college and we had that hour conversation on the phone and um you know i mentored you and just gave you some advice and 
I wasn't expecting anything more than just <laughs> that conversation. I remember your your grandfather emailing me and asking me if he if I could spend a, a little bit of time with you on the phone. And after that conversation, you know, when you had asked me if you can come out with me and just to, to shadow me for a couple of weeks, I was. It was awesome. It was great. You know, I love mentoring. It's part of my personality of coaching, of teaching, mm-hmm. of of being a light for somebody who has a light that wants to shine brighter. Right. I'm like a conduit, you know. I'm like a generator where you plug into. And I, I love that, you know, yeah. to help somebody shine brighter. That's, that's the whole Trainer to the Stars brand that I have and my blogs, trainertothestars.com. Um it's not stars in the sense of celebrities. It's stars that we all are stars. Right. There are billions and zillions of stars in the mm. universe, and we're all a star, and we all have star potential. The clients that, like you, like you mentioned, like a Brad Paisley or a Ariel Huffington, yeah, they're stars because they believed in themselves and in the process and in what they were able to offer, and they had you know, whatever they had to create to get to where they were. But we all have that potential, no matter who you are, where you are, what you have, or what you don't have. Believe me, I've worked with all of them, a lot of them, and they have limitations. They have mm-hmm. things that are probably as hindering as you have, but they were able to manage it and able to work around it and work more on their strengths than focus on their weaknesses. Right. And so Trainer to the Stars is about training people just like you, the listener, and or Jordan who has this, you know, who had this inkling of like hope or vision of light that he saw a possibility of being somebody like me in a career that he didn't really know too much about. But I helped to shine in on him and bring out shine, the best qualities on him. Me, and shine through you and, yeah. and bring out the best qualities of him. You know, when I, I just got back from Rome on a trip uh, with my wife for our honeymoon, and I was gone for two weeks, and that was part of the reason why Jordan was here, was to cover me during my time away. And this was a huge opportunity for him to be yeah, to awesome. be alone and run, uh, run my business. Yeah. You know, I mean, here, 20 years old, to have an opportunity to run a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a business that took me 10 years to build and, you know, a 20-year career to get to and have, you know, very successful people who are leaders and crushers in their world um, work and trust him and trust me to work mm-hmm. with him was a huge opportunity for both of us. And, you know, to come back and see that he did not just well, but he did great. And then he created opportunities for him to have social outlets with, you know, some of the clients and create some fun and have amazing experiences. Very much like, you know, I was expressing earlier with some of the experiences I had that helped to shape who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, the more experiences that, you know, he has and around this, the more confident and comfortable he becomes in any kind of arena. Um, so I'm really excited for him and his opportunities. And, you know, the listeners, if you're listening to his podcast right now, you're it's you're on the right path. Continue with, you know, his journey. I know that he inspires me and uh, part of the, the new progression in my business with uh, the book and the podcast and the blogging is as a result of him and you know his influence and and motivation to help me see that opportunity because I knew it was there and I've dabbled in it and I still only dabble because I'm running a business and have many other things I need to manage 
and my focus isn't 100% on this, but um, you know, the point is, is that he's got a lot of light, you know, and I'm looking at his laptop now, and he has a light bulb on it. I don't know if that's oh, coincidental yeah. right there, but uh, it's kind of <laughs> yeah, cool. Light bulb that says Inspire, yeah. It says Inspire. Yeah. So it's kind of funny that that's there, but he's uh, he's an inspiration, <laughs> and uh, thank you. He has a lot to offer. So I'm uh, I'm giving him well, the word I'm looking for is kind of like the stamp. Yeah, of the approval. Stamp of approval. If, I, okay. if I had a got it. If I had a certificate, <laughs> if I had a plaque, you would have it. Oh so, man, thank just, you. I'm, I'm giving, I got the I yeah. got Steve's stamp of approval. I got the plaque. You do. Oh yeah, that's cool, man. Um, so what is uh, what's your favorite book? Ooh, I the first one that comes to my mind that I've read several times is How to Win Friends and Influence People oh, yeah. by Dale Carnegie. Uh, that was the, one of the first books that I read that I think you pulled it off my shelf that it's really, it's like old. It's one of the first editions. Yeah. Um, That's, it was crazy. Yeah. That was the one. It's it, like falling apart, but it's, it's falling super apart. cool. Super cool. Super it's cool. like. 1936. The, yeah. <laughs> so very, one of the first editions of it, if it's not the first edition. So that's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And then what's, uh, what's the worst advice you ever, you've ever heard uh i i one i don't like i'll give you maybe a second to think um fake it till you make it mm-hmm. uh i think fake it and you won't make it mm-hmm. like be real that's that's the way to make it even if you fake if you fake it and make it you're not going to make it for very long before mm-hmm. people catch on and people aren't stupid um you can seduce them for a second mm-hmm. maybe but the people are going to catch on so fake it and you won't make it long term yeah, I think that's a good one. Um, if you work your abs more, you're going to see them more. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like spot, spot, spot reduction yeah. or spot training mm. doesn't doesn't work that way. I yeah, mean, I don't know. It's, that's really, but some people like you know these these videos and uh, health professionals out the health and fitness professionals out there that advocate you know oh dude hundred hundred crunches or this or that and it's like. Only push up. It, it's not just about that. It's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into oh, yeah. creating, you know, a, a, a feel, a look, and a healthy and fit body that meets more than just the eye. So mm-hmm. I think it's advice, something like that. Yeah, you know what? Uh, it just reminded me when you told me last year that you broke your back actually when you were 29. Yes, and it I was did. kind of because like all you cared about were the abs. Like yeah. you just kept doing your freaking crunching, crunching, crunching. Uh, and not doing, you know, the stuff that really mattered. Um, that is kind true. Of fell, you kind of fell into that trap and you paid the price at a young age. I can't Yeah, I was my back at 29. Another time, down and out. Absolutely. Another That's time. a huge time of being down and out. I was 29. I Couldn't felt walk. and looked like I was 90. I was bad, bad shape. I had a, uh, I couldn't stand up straight anytime I had a cough or sneeze I had to find a wall and brace myself oh, um, and I ended up having uh, a couple treatments one by your uncle um, oh, yeah. Uncle Jay who did this ext- like the traction machine where I went on and it was it would like pull me and pull my hips and mm. pull it and like that created even more pain it was terrible um, right. but he, he did his best and then I had two epidural shots um, which help to stabilize me but i was pretty far gone and then your other uncle uh brian had a conversation with me and you know i was nervous about back surgery because there was 
not a lot of success at the time 13 years ago with that and you know i've been obviously in a health and fitness role where i would try to encourage clients to avoid surgery and to avoid any type of things where a lot of stuff could be managed through exercise or physical therapy and you know him and i had a conversation he's like you know I, I, you're like a professional athlete and you this is starting to affect your not just your personal life but your professional life and you can't let that you got to get back in the game and it was a good four four to six months of being in pain and really being inhibited and uh, based on that conversation with him, I made the decision to have the back surgery. And mm-hmm. fortunately, I had it done with a great surgeon in New Jersey where my family was, where I could be close to home, God forbid, if something happened. Right. Um, and I had the surgery. And within two weeks, I was back on a plane out to California. And a couple months later, doing things that I loved doing. And yeah. here I am 13 years later, knock on wood, pain-free. But, uh-huh. you know, I manage it. Um, it's not like I don't have like I don't have the luxury to just never think about it and it's gone. I don't think about it all the time, but I have to stretch and I have to stay strong. But we all do as we age. I'm 43 years old now, and I've been a very active and physical like person. It, and uh, yeah, you just thank you. You just have that's that's how you got to roll. Yeah, cool for sure. Um, so, what are three things that you know to be true of the world? Like, what's true for your life? What holds true? Uh, three things that are true. That you need to work hard for success. Mm-hmm. Success is is a game, and you need to work hard. And there is no substitute for hard work. Um, that's first thing. I know that eating healthy and having foods that are organic and hormone-free and free-range and free sugar and, you know, drinking water helps you to age gracefully. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, nutrition. I used, to, I used to downplay nutrition many years ago because really? I was insecure, I think, that I didn't know enough about nutrition no and way. I didn't really preach it or promote it as much. Um, I would hmm. say, I mean... Early in my career, I would say, you know, I always had a, a knowledge, but I just, I would downplay it as much. I didn't think it was as important. And I know now that it is very important. I would say it's probably 80%, yeah. you know, of totally. the of the formula to create the a healthy and fit person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just not physically, but mentally, you know, I've, I've seen even more now the how nutrition is a medicine and it can be as important for your mind and your spirit as much as it is for your body and how you right. look. I mean, I feel when I don't eat right that it mentally fog, I get, you know, brain fog. So that would be the second truth. And third and final is a body in motion stays in motion. Uh, Newton's law. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's hard to take the first step. But once you take that first step, it's easier the next time. Okay. Okay, cool. Those are good. Final question for you. Uh, what does life beautifully designed look like to you? If you'd have it any way you want it. I don't think I'd want it any different than the way I have it right now. Cool. Yeah, to All be right. honest, I love my life. I have a great life. I have an awesome wife. I have healthy family. My mm-hmm. mom, my dad, my sister. We were all blessed with good genes and health and 
wellness. I mean, we all have our little things. Um, I have great health and I have awesome friends and um, people in my life who love me and support me and how I, I love great clients and people that I love and support and their own endeavors. And, you know, I have materially and possession anything I want and what I need and fulfilled in life. I travel yeah, often. Yeah, you travel a lot. It's I travel cool. often and you I travel live, well. Yeah. I travel well. I travel often and I travel well and I've seen and have done some extraordinary things. You have. So, yeah, just the way I'm living now. Just as long as yes. I can keep doing what I'm doing, I'm living the life that I've always dreamed of. That's fantastic. Uh, well, I want to... I just want you to know, you know, I mean, you know it and, you know, it's in my book as well. I mean, you've made a pretty profound impact uh, on my life. You know, I, I can't say I'd really. I mean, you you aren't like the one that did it. You know, you weren't like, you, you know, you didn't control me, but you but you kind of influenced me um, in a way that, you know, I mean, the only other person that really influenced me uh, so heavily is was, yeah, Brian. Um, Uncle Brian, uh, your friend and uh, best friend, uh, I guess. Yeah. Kind of, kind of funny how you, you guys are the two that kind of like saved me. Yeah. You know. Well, we are very much alike. That's why we're yeah. best friends. I mean, uh-huh. him and I have a very unique relationship. Uh, we've been friends for since like the fifth grade, and uh, we've been through a lot. We fell off the balcony together. Yeah, we fell off the balcony together. <laughs> we've, we've had a lot of ups and downs together. We've cried. We've laughed. Yeah. We've played. We've done everything together in a lot of cool ways, and uh, we can relate to each other. And yeah. he's, uh, we, we both knew there was something in you that like, we would want you to live a life very similar to ours. So mm-hmm. and you have everything that you need within you now to do that. Uh-huh. And I, I have no doubt, and I know he has no doubt that you're going to do that. And we mm-hmm. look, we look, we, we watch you with um, joy and, and happiness and uh, gratitude to see you grow. Yes. You've, gro- you. you've grown a long, you've come a long way in two and a half, three years. So keep doing what you're doing and being you. And the best part of you is, is just about to, just about to shine. Mm-hmm. Thank you, man. Well, Thank you for coming on the show, dude. It was uh, it was awesome having you. Awesome. Great being here, brother. All right. There you have it, my friends. That was the one, the only Steve Jordan. And you can find him online at stevejordan.com. And if you just go to the homepage and hit hashtag I am healthy and fit, you will get what he calls his five to thrive every single Friday, five to thrive Fridays, where he sends out five things. He's thinking, pondering, doing, uh, reading, whatever. And he sends it out to you on Fridays and you get it in your inbox just before you head off for your weekend. And it's, you know, I've found it in my own life to be refreshing and awesome. So you can go to stevejordan.com and sign up for that today.